MSW Media. News was wearing Daily Beans, Daily Beans, Daily Beans, Daily Beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, January 4th, 2021. Today, Trump crosses another criminal line in a phone call to Georgia election officials. Trump's veto of the National Defense Authorization Act is officially overridden. A federal judge scorches Christy Noem. Louis Gohmert's lawsuit against Mike Pence has been dismissed. And 11 Senate Republicans are now saying they will object to the election results. I'm your host, A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Wow. So... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry I ruined your day. <laughs> <laughs> with my, with my, um, my, I've got like a little bit of a, some symptoms. I've got a little frog in my throat still from last week, but uh, the way that I said, wow, it was very Christopher Walken. Wow. Wow. Um, I have a growl. I have a little growl in my voice. Rawr. I have no oh, idea what that was either. I'm like a baby tiger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was a nice morning. Um, you know, went for a walk, the sun was shining, came back, folded some laundry, took some vitamins, and Dana's like, have you seen the news? Hair on fire. <laughs> I was like, hey, do you want me to cover this story? And she's like, what story? And I was like, what story? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the link. And then all hell broke loose. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I immediately thought of of talking to Andrew Weissman. But I couldn't get a hold of him. Instead, though, I got Rachel Vindman um, because Weissman had tweeted out um, top dog. You know, he's top dog on Team Manafort in the Mueller investigation. He tweeted out that uh, basically uh, that Ukraine and Georgia, these two phone calls are just the tip of the Trump iceberg. Right. And so I'm like, well, Ukraine, national security. I got to call Rachel Vindman. So. Her and I discuss um, a lot of different aspects of the call, but you know we'll go into it um, a little bit in in the A block here with Dana and the hot notes. But other than that, how was your weekend? How was your show? How was your New Year's? Um, I think it was good. It's so strange doing comedy or trying to do something on Facebook Live because I'm literally just talking to myself in the living room, hoping I'm reaching people and that they're enjoying it. And at that point, I just have to sort of let go of it at that point. Um, but I had, you know, as another comedian, my dear friend, Gloria Bigelow and Mary joined for a little while and Ty Herndon, uh, he has a niece that actually proposed to her, her girlfriend, um, I on heard. The show, which was just so sweet. It was a lovely way for me to break up my night. And then I literally like got overpriced sushi cause it was new year's and they were charging up the ass, uh, and had a little bubbly and just. I made it to midnight, which is shocking because I was tired at 830. (laughs) Yeah, I was here. I was watching Star Trek Discovery with the cats. And uh, right about midnight, I flipped over to CNN and watched the ball drop. It was quiet in Times Square. It was weird. It was eerie. Yeah, it was very interesting. Mm -hmm. And then I watched for like maybe seven minutes. Anderson Cooper was drunk and it was awesome. And then... Snoop Dogg came on and then had a friend of his swallow a sword and then swim in a pool. And I was like, okay, I'm done. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not... <laughs> <laughs> that was my New Year's. <laughs> yeah. I think this, you know, honestly, and I, I would bet everyone listening would agree, I'm celebrating on January 20th. 
at the inauguration. I think that's going to be a much bigger celebration in the streets and just a let go of, you know, we're, we know we're still all in this like hellscape of the next 17 days, 16 days um, when this airs that I, that's when I'll exhale. And I don't, I mean, I'm hoping I can, I'm hoping I can. Do you want to hear the latest that just came across my desk I'm not sure. in the hellscape? Oh, I think I have an idea what it is. Does it have anything to do with the Medal of Freedom? It certainly does. Ugh. And this is uh, this is like throwing uh, a hand grenade at a, at a mountain, right? Beca- because he's trying to get us to talk about something else. And we can because we're not a major media outlet. So, haha. We, But yeah, he's going to award the Medal of Freedom to Devin Nunes. And then possibly Jim Jordan. I hate, I hate. Uh, It makes me want to vomit. But this, he did this during the Ukraine thing too. He just started doing everything he possibly can to be like, look over here (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I just committed treason. (laughs) Look over here. Hey, I do have a question for you as we get into the story though, but I'll wait till you get into the, to the lead story. Okay, let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Okay. The lead story today. Um, (laughs) If you haven't heard, is the phone call. President Trump (laughs) told fellow Republican Brad Raffensperger, the Georgia Secretary of State, to find enough votes to overturn his defeat in an extraordinary one-hour phone call Saturday. This was yesterday uh, that election experts says, raise legal questions. Yeah, that's... Washington Post language for it's a fucking crime. The Washington Post obtained a recording of the conversation in which Trump alternately berated Raffensperger, then tried to flatter him, then begged him to act, and then threatened him with criminal consequences if the Secretary of State refused to pursue his false claims, at one point warning that Raffensperger was taking a quote-unquote big risk. Um, Throughout the call, Raffensperger and his office's general counsel rejected Trump's assertions, explaining the president was relying on debunked conspiracy theories. And President-elect Joe Biden's 11,779-vote victory in Georgia was fair and accurate. I mean, they did like two recounts and then an audit. Uh, But Raffensperger responded, well, Mr. President, the challenge you have is the data you have is wrong. And he also said, "Um, we don't agree that you have won. (laughs) And uh, at another point, Trump said, so look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have because we won the state. And what's interesting is he was reading that number. Somebody wrote that number down for him. And Lincoln's Bible was like, find out who. Find out who wrote that down for him. Uh, the, The whole, the numbers in general, like at the end of the call, and I know that you don't necessarily cover this on your notes, but the end of the call, he's like, we won the state by 400,000 votes. You're like, what the fuck is going on? He sounds like a crazy person. If you, we did not know this was the president of the United States on a call with other politicians, AG, we would think it was someone who was literally, literally, um, in a padded room in a straitjacket, And that was having delusions and just yelling into the void. Mm -hmm. If you slow the tape down to half speed, it sounds like that drunk old guy at the end of the bar who thinks he knows about stuff. You don't even have to slow it down to half speed this time. It's it's, it's very weird. But um, anyhow, several of, of his allies were on the line. Trump's allies were on the line, including Mark Meadows and lawyer Cleta Mitchell. Cleta. Is that the I think that's female Cletus. Um, But she's a prominent GOP attorney whose involvement with the Trump efforts has not been previously known until this call. He was such a 
dick to her on the call. He was such an asshole to her. He kept interrupting her and just being like, well, we don't really need that. And she's like, why am I here? (laughs) Yeah, it was sad. Um, Now, Ellie Honig, we're going to talk to him tomorrow uh, about, about this, but he's a former state and federal prosecutor. And he tweeted... Pressuring an election official to generally recount or reexamine the results is one thing, and arguably over the line. Pressuring an election official to find the exact number of votes you need to win is far over the line and a crime. And then Daniel Goldman, lawyer for the Democrats in the House, he tweeted out, I've charged extortion in mob cases with similar language. This is my question before you get to the tape, because we have it. Is extortion a state crime? I looked it up and it appears to be. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is a state crime in Georgia. And Ellie is talking um, recently uh, about, you know, I'm talking to him back and forth. And somebody should pressure the Georgia attorney general to look into this. Um, Yeah. So he can't pardon himself out of this, right? Yeah. uh, No. Well, well... uh, not a state crime. Not if the state bring. Not if the Georgia um, Attorney General, who's a Republican, brings charges. Doesn't got it. Okay. But he. But Trump just shook down a couple of other Republicans. So maybe, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see some state crimes. But somebody should be putting some pressure on the Georgia Attorney General to do that um, because it is a crime in Georgia. Uh, let's go ahead and listen to that extortion part. I have the clip. You know what they did, and you're not reporting it. That's a. You know that's a criminal. That's a criminal offense. And, and, you know, you can't let that happen. That's, that's a big risk to you and to Ryan, your lawyers. That's a big risk. But they are shredding ballots, in my opinion, based on what I've heard. And they are removing machinery. Uh, and they're moving it as fast as they can, both of which are criminal fines. And you can't let it happen. And you are letting it happen. You know, I mean, I'm notifying you that you're letting it happen. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. Yeah, so just unbelievable, total mafia language. Absolutely. It's easy. I, I, it's it's really mind-blowing to listen to. If you have not listened to the entire hour and you have an hour of your life to lose at this point, <laughs> I listen to it for work, obviously. But it is it, it really is worth it because he's, he's absolutely paranoidly insane. Yep. And um, just so everyone's asking who the redacted name is, um, it's, it's Ruby Freeman. And Dana, you mentioned that they actually say the name. They don't redact the name at the beginning of the tape. I think they missed it. I was taking notes and they'd redacted it, you know, a dozen other times at the end while he's spewing his bullshit. But at the beginning, for some reason, they missed it. I don't know if they didn't realize what he was doing, but uh, he's just putting people in danger. Uh, That's he's and and she should sue him. She should sue him for defamation. If she's a real person. If, in fact, she's a real person. Yeah. If this is a real person, sue him. Yeah, uh, but I, you know, I, there could be an argument that the phone call wasn't supposed to be made public, but but her name's all over Parlor too. I mean, she before this tape came out, there's like an old conspiracy theory that has been debunked because uh, as Raffensperger responds on the call, he says, "Yeah, I watched that video. It was unfortunately doctored, yep. and there were observers there, and that didn't happen." Uh, and he had to say he had to tell the president like. You your data your data is incorrect. The things that you are saying are simply not true. Um, it was it's just it's bonkers that he 
he's extorting a Republican secretary of state. And then at the end of the call, I mean, he just goes in hard about how Stacey Abrams, he is projecting, he does that whole thing. He's like, Stacey Abrams is laughing at you behind your back saying you're a dumb as a rock, which is everything we're doing <laughs> behind Trump's back and in front of his face. It's just, it's crazy. And it, the, the whole thing is quite racist. I mean, he's like, you know, we looked at the votes in Cobb County. He's like, I don't want Cobb County. I want Fulton County because there's a higher pop. We know it's because there's a higher population of black votes. Like the whole thing is just, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. What's worse, AG, is that there's 11 Republican senators that in the, that are actually backing the shit up. So 11 state Republicans on Saturday announced that they're going to vote for objections to the Electoral College results Wednesday when Congress convenes in a joint session to formally count the vote. Now, I'm going to name and shame GOP Senators Ted Cruz of Texas, Ron Johnson, Wisconsin, James Langford, Oklahoma, Steve Daines, Montana, John Kennedy, Louisiana, Marsha Blackburn, Tennessee. She's a racist, fun person. And Mm. Mike Braun, um, Indiana. And we've got Senators-elect Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming, is backing this. Roger Marshall, Kansas. Now, Bill Haggerty of Tennessee and Mr. Football Coach himself, Tommy Tuberville of Alabama, said in a joint statement that they will vote against the accepting the acceptance of the election results until there is a 10-day audit. Now, this is a quote, Congress should immediately appoint an electoral commission with full investigatory and fact-finding authority to conduct an emergency 10-day audit of the election results in the disputed states. They All of them agreed to this. Um, once completed, individual states would evaluate the commission's findings and could convene a special legislative session to certify a change in their vote if needed. But the states have already done these audits. Yeah. And for the federal government to come in and tell a state how to run its elections is anti-constitutional and anti-federalist, by the way, which is weird that the Republicans are like states' rights, states' independence, and right. except when it's not convenient for them. And they want to overturn election results. It's it's out, it's astounding to me that that you know at you know because I was like, look, this isn't news. They can't do anything. They're just delaying the process. It, they got one senator when it was just Josh Hawley, uh, and like a hundred and whatever Republicans in the House. Um, but it's it's dumb. It's not going to go anywhere, and it's not sedition because. They can object to the vote and vote in each house, in each uh, chamber to overturn or to not accept the results, right. not overturn, but not accept. And, you know, it's that that's under protected by speech and debate clause. It's under the Constitution or it's in this law from 1887 as well that, just, that they are allowed to object. But when you look at so I'm like, that's not sedition. But when you look at everything else they're doing, Louis Gohmert inciting violence. Yeah. Um. You know, trying to get everybody to come out on January 6th to D.C. to what? To take over the White House that Trump is still in? I don't understand. Um, But they want everybody there on January 6th. And it's just it's getting really dangerous. And now that these these 11 Republicans are going to put their names on this, it it just blows my mind. Yeah. Gohmert's an an idiot in other ways, too, though. You I mean, you've got news on his lawsuit. Yes, this is this is fun. Uh, his lawsuit was dismissed for standing, as we predicted. Um, and then he appealed, and within like an hour, they were like, "Nah, bro, 
Nope. Um, And here's a tweet from Steve Vladek. We've had him on the show before uh, from National Security Law Podcast. Um, He says, for those asking why federal courts keep tossing election suits for lack of standing rather than because of the claims lacking merit, they don't have a choice. Supreme Court doctrine requires a federal court to decide whether plaintiffs have standing before they can reach the merits. This stems from a 1998 steel company ruling rejecting the doctrine of hypothetical jurisdiction where courts had assumed standing in cases in which it was easier to reject the plaintiff's claims on the merits. As Justice Scalia wrote for the court, Article 3 doesn't permit that. So in a case in which the plaintiffs lack standing, a jurisdictional defect, and have no viable claim on the merits, a federal court has no discretion to actually hold that there's no merit So in a case in which plaintiffs lack standing, which is a jurisdictional defect, and have no viable claim on the merits, a federal court has no discretion to actually hold that there's no merit. It must dismiss for lack of standing or else it's committing a reversible error. Uh, Again, we've talked about this. I I felt that I felt like there was an order of of operations, you know, like like there is in math. Shit you have to consider before you can even look at the merits. And I was right. Vladek is backing me up here with some case law. So I appreciate that. Good girl. Um, And over on Earth One, the Senate has passed its override of Trump's veto of the National Defense Authorization Act, 81 to 12. The NDAA includes Title 64, known as the Corporate Transparency Act, which requires corporations and limited liability companies to disclose to law enforcement and others with legally mandated anti-money laundering responsibilities like FinCEN, financial institutions, Information on who is on the real or who is the real natural person who owns and controls an entity at the point of formation and updates such information upon any change. It also allows for bases named after Confederate traitors to change their names, military bases, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a whole lot of really gluttonous defense spending, but uh, uh, which we could very easily put in the pockets of American citizens mm-hmm. so they could stay home and we could get rid of the virus anyway and that's why people like elizabeth warren and um bernie sanders voted against overriding the veto Ugh, it is frustrating it's i mean it's sometimes that's a rock and a hard place with this because they put so much garbage in it um this next one a federal judge took a rhetorical blowtorch to south dakota's governor christy noam saying in a ruling this week that the state has done little if anything to stop COVID-19 from ravaging the state. The Sioux Falls Argus leader reports that U.S. District Judge Charles Corman ordered a state court to stop using the pandemic as an excuse to delay a defendant's trial. Uh, Then he went after the state's response to the crisis itself, basically, and said South Dakota has done little, if anything, to curtail the spread of this virus, he wrote. South Dakota cannot take advantage of its own failures to follow scientific facts and safeguards in entering blanket denials of the rights of speedy trials. Now, Noam has opposed mask mandates and other lockdown measures, even as her state racked up one of the worst per capita infection rates in the country, AG. He said her example significantly encourages South Dakotans to not wear masks. The judge wrote, South Dakota is now a very dangerous place in which to live due to the spread of COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah, she's terrible. She's awful. She's not doing anything. 
She's discouraging mask wearing. She she made rules at state houses where you couldn't do it. Like it's just it's it's just it's insane. Why? Just why? It infuriates me. Just a piece mm-hmm. of cloth over your face. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait till Biden and Kamala in there. And I'll tell you this right now because I know you've got an incredible interview coming up. If he was smart and they could do this. Take some of the money from this, like like you said, this defense bill where we don't need it to go to where it's going. Pay people to stay home. Do you know how happy Republicans would be if they saw a $2,000 check in their bank account every day until this pandemic ended? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pay people to stay home. Just do it. We have the money. Pay people to stay home and you'll, t- and you'll, you'll bring it down to traceable, contact traceable and testable levels within, um, you know, probably eight to 10 weeks. Yeah. And then get people vaccinated, put them back into the workforce because we know that they have the vaccines, allow the other people to catch up. You pay them to stay homeless. Isn't this fucking hard? They can figure this out. Yeah, yeah, they they can. They can. But then you also have, you know, half of the country who's like, you know, we're not going to lock down freedom. Uh, So there's that. Um, Yeah. Well, I'm staying home, so... Lord knows I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna be right back. We've got thoughts on the Trump call uh, to Raffensperger with Rachel Vindeman. She's a gem. So stay with us. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG for the Daily Beans. Have you ever thought about your cellular health? Uh, Neither did I. I mean, why would you? Well, I guess because cells are the foundation of our health and they make us who we are. And one important building block of our cells is called NAD, which is vital for things like sleeping, breathing, eating, drinking, and involuntary stuff, the important stuff we don't really think about. Uh, The bad news is, as we age, our bodies don't make NAD like they used to. But here's the good news. There's a way to boost your NAD levels thanks to True Niagen. True Niagen helps counteract the effects of time on your body by promoting cellular repair. It also helps with healthy aging by supporting cellular function and metabolism to maintain overall health and well-being. True Niagen also can help you increase cellular energy. It replenishes the decline in NAD due to stressors like lack of sleep or overeating. And you can keep up with your active lifestyle better. Taking True Niagen also helps with cellular defense in the face of stresses like alcohol consumption or immune stress which is a form of cellular stress. True Niagen has caught the attention of scientific community with its remarkable ability to boost NAD, and they have over 10 clinical studies to prove it. So give yourselves a boost with True Niagen. Right now, new customers can save $20 on a three-month supply by going to trueniagen.com slash dailybeans. That's T-R-U-N as in Nancy, I-A-G-E-N dot com slash dailybeans to save $20 on a three-month supply. TrueNiagen.com slash dailybeans. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, everybody, welcome back. Today I am joined by Natsec Hobbyist on Twitter um, and wife of the absolute and total hero, Alexander Vindman, and she is also a hero. Please welcome Rachel Vindman. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to talk to you. Uh, first of all, I love your uh, Twitter feed. Everyone needs to follow you. It's it's Natsec Hobbyist on Twitter. It's a great Twitter feed. Um, but the, this phone call today is just absolutely blowing my mind. And I wanted to talk to somebody with a little national security expertise and maybe somebody who kind of knows a little bit about Trump phone calls. And uh, I figured that you would be a good choice for that. What are your top line thoughts on just after reading this news and looking look at the transcript, hearing the recordings? My first thought is he has not changed one bit. This is who he was. This is who he is. This is who he will continue to be. 
He should have been removed from office in February or whenever that would have happened, but um, there should have been a Senate trial and he should have been been removed from office because he is unfit to be president. He doesn't understand it. He only wants it for personal gain and nothing that Republicans have done has have given him any boundaries or made him rethink, check himself. I don't know. There, he's he's just continues to be who he is. He has not learned any lessons, as Susan Collins assured us that he would. I just wrote that down. I was <laughs> I was like, so Susan Collins so <laughs> didn't learn any lessons. I just wrote that down as you said it. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely unbelievable. But going through this transcript, the, fir- the first of all, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't sound well. These conspiracy theories, I don't know who is telling him. I'm, I'm guessing it's Sidney Powell or um, Lynn Wood or somebody is telling him like these 200,000, 300,000 dead people voting in Georgia. Uh, we've got 3,000 pounds of ballots. Uh, and he bases his belief, at least... I mean, there's a few different things that he says, but he bases his belief, at least in part, on the fact that he had big rallies mm-hmm. in Georgia and the the Democrats didn't. And so therefore, you know, vote count be damned. I won. I feel like I won based on that. Yeah. I mean, I remember Alex described the phone call that Trump did not sound well. He did not sound happy on July 25th. Uh, 2019. And it seems like the same tone. Um, I actually haven't discussed that with him, but uh, it seems he doesn't seem well uh, mentally or physically. He sounds pretty down in this phone call to me. And, you know, in regards to what he's saying, it's just completely unhinged. I mean, if these things were true, then there should be some element of proof. And today, the only proof, as of today, the only proof we have of election fraud is by Donald Trump himself in this phone call. This is the, this is the proof. So I, the, the part where he is telling the governor, I'm telling you, I am making you aware of it right now. It's just preposterous. I don't know if it's an empty threat or if it's like a coded thing of I'm telling you right now. So it's true, whether you've seen it or not, this is it. I I, I listened to it a couple of times because I was trying to like piece that out. I couldn't tell if it was that or if it was just, this is it. I'm telling you, this is, this is the way it is. And he truly believes it. You know, we went from Rudy Giuliani, just complete incompetence to Sydney Powell. I'm not really sure what her deal is, but Lynn Wood, if he were my family member, I would want him to have a psychiatric evaluation by a professional. I mean, he's, you know, he is unwell and that we have this person that has the ear of the president and is telling him things and it's not checked by others. And in fact, we have a whole group of senators who, and uh, representatives who are prepared to go along and humor these ideas is preposterous. It's it's so damaging. And Vladimir Putin continues to have a better day than yesterday, every day. This is just the gift that keeps on giving. He never could have imagined that the disinformation campaign that started with the 2016 election 
would result, would have the, you know, the ROI that he continues to see day after day. Absolutely. The return on investment. You're, you're so right. And it's so frustrating to watch because, you know, whether these senators and 140 congressmen are doing this just to keep the Trump base happy so that they won't get primaried or to just raise money uh, to continue to raise money off of this. I mean, if you if you look at it, if you if you're a senator, if you're a Republican, if you're Ted Cruz, if you're the Zodiac, no, if you're Ted Cruz and you look at um, you look at the fact that Trump has raised over two hundred million dollars with his conspiracy theories since post-election, after he lost the election. And you also look at the media shining this giant spotlight on January 6th, a stupid ceremony that we've never had cameras on before. Yeah. Um, and, and you go, gosh, I bet I could take advantage of this particular situation. Um, the problem is, is in doing so, they're damaging our national security, our standing in the world, our democracy here at home. And they just don't seem to care. It's not worth it to them. I don't think they care. I I don't understand taking it a little further. I don't understand why other Republicans are not speaking out. Former presidents, former vice presidents, um, George Bush, Dick Cheney, where are they? Why aren't they condemning this? Um, and, you know, I don't know. I, I said this on Twitter earlier. I don't know if it's they, it's going to cost them money, if it's going to cost them power or influence. I mean, it's still even as, you know, they're not in office, but they continue to wield a lot of power and influence. And if they think that will be taken away from them if they're not welcome at the table because they haven't supported this president. I, I don't know what the reason is. It could be all a combination of all of them. Um, you know, Jeb Bush's son did endorse Donald Trump, George P., uh, endorsed him and he has you know uh, desires to run for governor supposedly in Texas and you know so these kind of uh, is this is this all part of it I mean I don't know but the, the reality is there will be no forget Republican Party or Democrat Party there's not going to be a democracy if we don't fight for it it's only this because you know we, we talk about the norms of the presidency. He has not followed the norms and you see what happens. The same thing can happen with our democracy. It's built on norms that people are interested in following. And I'm, I'm not on parlor. I see glimpses of things people say on parlor. I don't know how popular they are, but just the fact that these things are being uttered is scary and people need to step up and be concerned. And uh, I find Ted Cruz, I I just don't understand. I mean, this man, he is supporting the president who has attacked his father and attacked his wife, and he stands by him. And I just don't understand what he has to gain from this. Because the Supreme Court has said there is nothing there. The president has appointed three of the justices who all agreed there's nothing there. And yet Ted Cruz continues to bang on and on about something, you know, it, we need to discover it. But they've offered absolutely no evidence of anything. The, again, the only wrongdoing that's, that is evidence is the president and his extortion attempt today. Yeah, 100%. And I have some interesting quotes from that phone call. Uh, but I do need to take a quick break. Will you stick around with me for a second? Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much. Everybody will be right back. 
Hey everybody, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Helix Sleep. You've heard me talk about my Helix mattress. It's the best mattress I've ever had in my whole life. You know Joelle and Amanda love theirs. Jordan raved about hers. And you know for the past four years I've had trouble sleeping. I thought it was because of the orange menace, but as it turns out I had a trash mattress. But Helix fixed that. They understand you're unique. They customize a mattress to fit you in the way you sleep best. Helix Sleep created a sleep quiz that takes just two minutes to complete. And they use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. So if you like a mattress that's soft or firm or if you sleep on your side or your back or your belly or you sleep really hot or you sleep cold with helix there's a specific mattress for each and everyone's unique taste like me i was matched with the helix midnight because i like my bed medium firm and i sleep on my side so it's perfect for me but you don't have to take my word for it helix was actually awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and 2020 now by gq and wired magazine so just go to helixsleep.com dailybeans take their two minute sleep quiz and uh, they'll match you with this customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And they have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it for 100 sleeps, risk-free. They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. And Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're talking with Rachel Vinman uh, about this phone call, uh, which I am shocked by and I'm glad I'm shocked because that means I'm still shockable I have tried (laughs) to prepare myself for things like this Um, we know we knew going into this we knew in 2016 that this was going to be his plan to to he you know Don Jr. and, and WikiLeaks were trading text messages saying you know defy it don't don't concede and you know, pretend like you won the election and and do that. And then you start a media company and say that the fake news is wrong about the election. Like you could do all these things. Uh, But nothing quite prepares you for what we are hearing. They released the actual audio of this. No, I mean, and again, I think it's good that we are shocked. We're not surprised because we expected a lot of shenanigans this week. Um. But I expected them from other people, not so much from the president. I thought he would kind of dovetail and, you know, let them lead the charge. I just can't believe that he would ask a governor, blatantly ask, just find 11,780 votes for me. And he qualified it with a just, I just need 11,780 votes. Because he spent so much time talking about it's thousands, it's hundreds of thousands, but I just need you to find. Absolutely. And he, and he, and he actually says, he says 11,780. That's one more than I lost by 11,799 uh, or 779. Uh, and so he knows exactly what he's talking about. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's weird because on one hand, he seems so unhinged and just not altogether there necessarily. And then on the other hand, he knows exactly what he's asking for. I mean, he's, he's definitely aware knows what he's asking for. And I'm not an expert on uh, anyone's mental health or acuity, but uh, I mean, it's, it's strange to me. And, and I, the governor, you know, truly seemed shocked. Uh, I thought he handled it pretty well, uh, all things considered and, you know, pushed back. The president really wouldn't give him a chance to get a word in edgewise. But, you know, he said this isn't true. And um, I, I I just, I, it seems like that would be the part where you would be, you know, if someone else is in the room with you, that you are waving your arms and, um, 
you know, like, get me some help. Like, uh, what's going on? I mean, say the building's on fire or what? I mean, I, I'm being extorted by the president of the United States. And I, I listened to it and I wondered if there were people in the room that were listening in like that day with the Ukraine call, um, you know, where people are kind of looking at each other like, wait, am I hearing what I think I'm hearing? Is this actually happening? Um, and, and what do you do next? What do I do next? So it's... Uh, I don't know where we go from here. I guess it'll be interesting. I would like to hear the Republicans' response. The what do they have to say? I mean, I saw Ari Fleischer. He could not bring himself. He said it was wrong. Everything he heard about it is wrong. Take it to the next step, Ari. Take it to the next step, Republicans. It's criminal behavior. It is extortion. Yeah, because he did threaten jail. He threatened legal criminal and legal I, I think he threatened criminal but he definitely threatened legal problems you you know you be, you don't want to do this and I, I one of the things that after the first 40 minute rant Raffensperger says well I listened to what the president has just said President Trump we've had several lawsuits and we've had to respond in court to the lawsuits and the contentious uh, the contentions um, we don't agree that you have won and we don't, uh, I don't agree about the 200,000 number that you mentioned. Uh, and I'll go through that point by point. And then he tries to lay it out. And of course, Trump just comes back in and says, dead people voted, that went right to the obituaries. He's just on a tear. And, um, and this is an interesting tweet. Preet, Preet Bharara said, well, the odds of Trump trying to pardon himself just went through the roof. Uh, because, you know, which is interesting because we have we have five solid obstruction of justice criminal charges on him in black and white in the Mueller report, which are a way more open and shut case than than trying to to do this, uh, you know, prove this crime. The intent here. Intent is always really hard to prove. Uh, but this is criminal. This is criminal behavior. And. Yeah. What do you think about because I've always said he's going to try to pardon himself because I don't think Pence would do it. I don't think he would resign either. Yeah, I I don't know enough about it to comment on it in any kind of intelligent way. But it seems, uh, you know, the, the rumors are that he has asked about that. I don't think that Vice President Pence will pardon him. Um, and I, I think it's quite obvious that the president is concerned about that, um, particularly now, because I think he has some more data points to say the vice president is not going along with this and obviously he has a horse in the race i mean if he were to do this and president trump were to stay in power he would remain the vice president so um but he doesn't think it's a viable path so he's not doing it. I mean, maybe there are other reasons but let's just for whatever he's that that's clearly the choice he seems the path he's, he's on um meanwhile he has said go ahead and do it if you feel like you need to uh, so he, he felt the need to go out of his way to say that yesterday, which is slightly odd, but, um, I, this is, is, I think for people to hear it in black and white, the Mueller report was, um, you know, a lot hard for other, for people to understand. And not a lot of people saw that, saw it or, you know, have read it. So this. I think listening to a recording just really puts it out there in a very, you know, it's just unambiguous. And I, I think this is something that is, is like the Nixon tapes, very lasting and very concrete. 
I don't know if he's going to pardon himself. I don't know if he's allowed to, but it's definitely on his mind and he's concerned about it, which means we know about this and it really just happened. So what are all the other things that we don't know about that he is intent on, you know, pardoning himself for those things? What are they? There will, there will be more. There absolutely will be more that we will find out about. And he is afraid of that. Yeah. And 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 you're so right about the Mueller report. There was when it came out, you know, Barr just quashed it and there was no appetite for impeachment then. But when the Ukraine call, when the recorded, well, the transcript, excuse me, uh, which isn't a transcript, but you know what I mean. Uh, when that you when the news of that Ukraine call came out, that was what pushed everybody over the edge. And Andrew Weissman, former Mueller team uh, lawyer has tweeted, and this is an interesting tweet coming from from Andrew Weissman. He says, can anyone not understand now that this Georgia call and the Ukraine call are the tip of the Trump iceberg? More to come, surely, which is exactly what you just said. And that's coming from Top Gun at, at Mueller headquarters. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he's he's done a pretty good job of keeping things behind closed doors. I mean, I think he has a lifetime of practice. And I think that's what all the loyalty tests are about. And uh, I think the people who have misconstrued because it helps them sleep at night, the motivation behind the loyalty tests, they've, they've said, oh, because he's a businessman and this is how he does it. And he just needs to trust people. No, he does it because he's a criminal. That's why he does it. If you aren't doing anything wrong, you don't need people to be loyal. You can find someone else who will do the job, but loyalty, although important, is not the most important thing. And it's it's more important that someone has character. If they have character, they'll do the right thing. And everyone should be interested in someone doing the right thing. So the people who have preemptively shown loyalty because they want, when the time comes, to be able to deliver to the president their offering of the list of the times they were loyal without being asked to do it. Uh, he knows exactly what he's doing and he's creating a culture in his administration where people will do what he wants before he even asks. And he has successfully managed to keep a lot of stuff under the rug, but we'll, we'll find it. I mean, I saw someone, John Gans, who is, a great follow on Twitter and he wrote a great book about the NFC and he wrote, you know, with, again, the Nixon tapes, it kind of, it took us a long time, but we have the main tape right here. I mean, everyone wanted the transcript of the Ukraine call. It didn't exist, but we have, I mean, a, a recording rather, we have a recording. We have his voice and it's not just a dry reading it like a transcript. You can tell in his voice, you can hear the agitation, you can hear the desperation. And, you know, I think you have to ask yourself why. And probably there's not, there's a lot of reasons and none of them are good. Yeah. And I think that the stakes just went up for Biden's attorney general pick as well, which he was supposed to, he said he was going to pick by the end of the year and he hasn't yet. And I was like, I think he's waiting for Georgia, but we'll see. Um, but the stakes just went, just shot through the roof on that because Every time Trump commits a crime and just one right out in the open like this, um, pardoning, pardoning himself or not, pardon be damned, uh, 
the charges need to be filed. And if he does pardon himself, I think that needs to be challenged um, because it just shouldn't work that way. That creates a king. That's anti-constitutional against the founders. But uh, it really, I'm interested to see who he picks for attorney general. I hear the top two choices are Merrick Garland and Doug Jones. Do you have a, a horse in this race? Do you have a, any thoughts on either of those? Well, I would like to see Sally Yates, but if she's not an option, I don't really have a choice between the two. I mean, I don't have any issues with either one of them, but um, she would be my top choice because um, because she stood up to Trump. Uh, and, you know, I've made no secret of going after uh, the top uh, individuals, leaders at the DOD. Um, on the civilian and the military side. And the reason, because when it came time to choose, they just bowed down and maybe they want to say behind closed doors, they did did things and maybe they have. But although I respect people and the public servants who have stayed in and served under Trump, there's a lot of them and they were necessary and it's good that they're there. But senior leaders, I don't think there's any place for them to be in a position. And Sally Yates is, has been tested and she did the right thing um, when it happened. But you know, who knows, maybe she doesn't want the job. And there's a lot of reasons. I, I live with someone who's kind of in that, in that field. So I know not uh, the, these jobs in this administration aren't for everyone. Sometimes people need a break. So that's, that's fair enough. But um, I like that about her and I admire her. And I think we do need to make sure that the people you know, the, the Biden puts in place that they are ready to ask the hard questions and to make sure that those people who are working for them and their agencies and departments are loyal to the Constitution, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Biden's Biden's made that pretty clear, too. He's like, I, I'm not I'm not saying either way. I have nothing to do with the Justice Department. They are their own thing. And he's been saying this for decades now. I remember when um he was, you know, we, we were watching those tapes when he was pulled over, like, under a tree and asked if, you know, you could just get rid of uh, Erdogan. I think it was Erdogan. And he, he was like, hey, you can't you just get rid of that judge and get rid of the Hulk bank thing? And and he's like, that's not how this shit works, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No? He, he, he's like, look, I can't do that because, uh, you know, Obama can't do that because he would be impeached for that. That's involving yourself in it's obstructing justice. You'd be impeached for that. And he's he's had that belief for a long time. And I'm very excited about that. I'm with you, though. Sally Yates is my number one. Um, But I don't I don't know that she's being considered. So, yeah, it doesn't seem like it. I will say, you know, part of the damage that Trump has done is now there's always that question for our allies, for our enemies. There's always that question now. I don't think there was a question before with prior previous presidents, but now there's this, hmm, I wonder if this person can be corrupted, if they can be co-opted into doing something wrong. And, or what if we found someone who could? Because obviously there's some leniency in the United States. It's not so, it's not as like set as we thought it was. So there's the possibility of, you know, a movement still within, you know, the rules, I guess, not really, but you know, I mean, that it's possible. Trump did it. So what if we help someone else win? 
who was just as unscrupulous and smart. And we've exposed a lot of cracks. Yeah. I mean, if these people were good at what they're doing, we would be toast. Fortunately, they're really, really bad. Um, and if, if they had, you know, what happened on Wednesday and who knows, but I mean, it probably had a, would have been the main news story were it not for these tapes. So they're constantly shooting themselves in the foot, um, you know, bumbling Keystone cops are trying to, you know, get their gun out and shooting themselves. But if it were better, we would be in a lot of trouble. And uh, I mean, our enemies play the long game. They don't think in four year stints. I mean, that's why Putin has been president for 20, uh, uh, 20 years. I mean, it's, they have time. They don't have to get things done in a brief time, like term limits, like, like in democracies. So they're just going to wait it out and wait to see what happens with someone else. And they know that this is a possibility. That's why it's so, so damaging. And every day that they question this, every day that it's not set, every day that they, re- they refuse to even acknowledge him. And, and some representatives said, I'll never represent, I'll never acknowledge him as president. It sends a very clear message to our enemy, and it's not a good one. You're right. It makes us very vulnerable, um, and that's that's a hard pill to swallow as an American, but also as uh, somebody who has a little national security um, expertise. <laughs> so um, it, it's it, it's very frustrating, you know, with the dismantling of our institutions. Uh, and I think it's going to be very important that the Department of Justice. Um, Congress, the House committees, that they thoroughly investigate this. Uh, and it's even if it's just this phone call, but I mean, I, they really should just investigate everything. But. No, because I think in investigating, the truth is going to come out. And as we said, we're going to, you know, we're going to uncover a lot of these other things. And perhaps after the presidency, after this is, ends, that he'll, people will be more willing to speak. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why people might be holding on to information um, that they haven't come out yet. So, you know, we will continue to hear more and we should be willing to hear those people, even if we don't like that they stayed or what they did, we need to be willing to hear what they, you know, hear them out and be open to that. Mm-hmm. And this department of justice will respond to subpoenas for documents and information. So. Yeah, yes, I know. <laughs> wow. What, how refreshing. Uh, it's going to be nice. And, and hopefully if we can get the Senate, we'll get that going too. We can get Lindsey Graham out of the Senate judiciary and, Fingers crossed. <laughs> Everybody in Georgia, vote. And, yes, uh, vote. Phone bank, postcards. Anyway, Rachel Vinman, it's been great talking to you today. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it, AG. It's great to talk to you again. It's good to see you too. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Daily Beans. This segment of the podcast is brought to you by Caliper CBD. Life is very stressful these days, as we know. We need to practice self-care. But taking care of yourself doesn't have to be hard. It shouldn't add to your stress. Uh, The great thing about CBD is it helps you feel better without having to make any drastic changes to your routine. If you've never tried CBD, I recommend it. CBD has helped me feel less anxious and more calm. It's helped me sleep easier. And it's even helped me feel less sore after a long days or hard workouts. So my favorite thing about Caliper CBD specifically is they've, they've just reimagine the way you consume it. It's easy to use. It's a powder. And unlike oils, Caliper CBD is completely tasteless. It mixes easy in any food or drink, precisely 20 milligrams in each packet, so you'll never question how much CBD you're taking again. Uh, I like to put Caliper in my morning coffee or a post-workout protein shake or in some tea right before bed to help me sleep. It's clinically proven that you absorb 450% more CBD with Caliper CBD powder than with tinctures. 
so much more, 450%. Caliper gives you all the benefits of CBD in just 15 minutes, too. It's twice as fast as CBD oil. It's fast-acting. And Caliper is completely THC-free, so you get the benefits of CBD without any intoxicating or mind-altering effects. Caliper is made with all natural, non-GMO ingredients, no fillers, no added chemicals, or artificial flavors. So take care of yourself, but make it easy on yourself with Caliper CBD. You get 20% off your first order when you use promo code DAILYBEANS at trycaliper.com slash dailybeans. You can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. That's trycaliper.com slash dailybeans. Don't forget promo code DAILYBEANS for 20% off your first order. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Ah, oh, it's the good news part of the day, which makes me happy. Love it. So does Rachel. That was a great interview. Always is having discussion with her. She, yeah, she's absolutely fantastic. And just one of the smart, smarter voices on Twitter. Um, and her, her husband, Alex, he's funny. He's funny. They really are. Both of them are. <laughs> You're so right. It's, it's like it's not you wouldn't expect it, you know, after because he's a hero. You know, he's very high up in rank in the military being sworn in we see him in the impeachment hearings doing his duty uh doing the right thing and then it, but he's it's just hilarious and, and so is she so great people so i'm glad to have her I appreciate that um if you have any good news or confessions or corrections or you want to send something in to, to have amy's court solve your problems at home <laughs> then you can do that by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact and uh, I'll just kick this off. Let's start this with Sarah, uh, pronouns she and her. She has some good news for us. She says, I was not an accessory to catnapping. <laughs> we, we went back uh, to the neighborhood where we found him. Oh, this is an update. And we didn't see any lost kitty signs up. Uh, there was a kid outside, and we asked him if he or his neighbors were missing a cat. He said no, but he knew the cat we were talking about because he'd been coming around begging for food. So she's ours, and we have to come up with a suitable name. Aww. And then there's a picture. Oh, So cute. That's wonderful. Congratulations yeah. on your new baby. On your new baby. All right. This one comes from Erica, pronouns she and her. Hello, my 97-year-old grandmother is feisty as hell. She hates <laughs> Trump, and the funniest thing she has told my mom in the last year was about how you could tell Trump was wearing a finger extensions when he has a motorcade drove, when he and his motorcade drove around Walter Reed. I didn't know how, <laughs> I don't know how she comes up with these things, but hearing her rant against them, damn all Republicans. <laughs> We went through another year with her and still get to enjoy her company. I love her so much. She taught me well my whole life. Thank you for your show and the happy hours. I watched Dana on New Year's Eve too, and she was amazing. Thank you. It was a great show. I'm including a picture of my grandma and grandpa on their first date. She had been cold and he loaned her, her his jacket. I love this picture. Also the pet tags. This is Stan Lee. He was about to jump up on my chair to get treats and thought he was being sneaky. Uh, he is precious itty bitty 19 pound baby 19 pound 19 that is a turkey that is a thanksgiving turkey that is a turkey oh look at these oh i love this picture look at these folks in uniform Um, and she's wearing his jacket that's so beautiful wonderful 97 feisty as hell love it Oh, I can't wait until I'm super old like that and just can just say whatever the fuck I want and just be like, I'm old, you know, like, 
do weird things. Like when my friend was, you know how you have these pop things on the back of your phone? Yeah. Um, and uh, like, I was like, wouldn't it be funny to like just put a butt plug back there and and pretend like you don't even know that that's what it is? That's actually really fucking funny. I mean, you wouldn't be able to fit it in your pocket, but. And I'd be able to do that when I'm when I'm 80, you know? Yeah. I'd be like, what? I'm 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 80. <laughs> Just do it all the time. Next up from anonymous, hi team and pod pets from Australia. I'm writing to share my good news. Last year I subscribed to my beautiful mother-in-law to Storyworth after hearing AG talk about it on the pod. Despite being nervous to start, she's finished her book this year, and the family have been adding photos, and we're in the final stages of getting ready for the book to be published as a wonderful memoir for her, her six children, and eight grandchildren. Writing her memories down has been something her family has asked her to do for many years, and this has broken it down into manageable parts, involved her family, and produced something that she's proud to share. Thanks for advertising this wonderful idea. Now we have her memories preserved in her own words, and this is precious to all of us. This year has been difficult with COVID, so please know I'm sending love and hope for all of us in the new year. Very, very sweet. That is very cute. Thank you. That's very cute. I did that with my mom, too, when, uh, when we were they were a sponsor for us and and like they send you they'll email your mom or whoever you give it to a prompt every day like tell us about your best family member or who's your favorite you know whatever just little prompts that's awesome write down and then after a year they publish it they put them all together in in a book for you oh my god that sounds amazing i need to you send me that like email me the link all right um this next one comes from paul pronouns he and him i was a loyal listener to the uh, Mueller she wrote, but I must confess that once you retired the MSW podcast, it took a break for a while. I think I needed a little break from politics in general. I recently started listening again and was delighted to see that Dana Goldberg had joined you. I got all the fan mail. This is awesome. I'm a big fan of Dana's uh, from her Thursdays on the Stephanie Miller show. I think of Dana as my second gay daughter. Oh, Paul. Yes, I have another one whom I'm very proud of. Since becoming, uh, since coming back to the fold, I have I really love the Daily Beans. What you do day in and day out is amazing. Always informative and entertaining. I am now a proud supporter of the show and a patron. As good news, I'm including pictures of Lily, who's a Weimariner, and Eloise, my cat. They grew up together. We got Eloise. Eloise? Yeah, I'm saying that right. Eloise is a kitten, and Lily was nine months. And despite what it looks like in the picture, our fast friends, including the second picture to prove that. Uh, <laughs> when they were younger, they were always play fighting. It was a riot. Now, Lily has suffered from seizures since she was a year old. She's now 10. My goodness. And although we now have the seizures somewhat under control through lots of drugs, it has left her a little unsteady. Throughout it, including occasionally falling over mid-squat and belly sliding, falling down the stairs from time to time, Lily has kept her pleasant nature and as much dignity as she can muster. Eloise is protective of Lily. Eloise has taken to following us on Lily's walks to make sure her girl is okay. My goodness. It's a little embarrassing to have a cat patting after you uh, when you're walking a dog, but she lets us know if there's (laughs) another dog or car coming way before we notice. Pets over people, am I right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Thanks Mm -hmm. for the podcast and Happy New Year. Oh, that's so great, Paul. Thank you so much. Oh my God, this first picture. Oh. Okay, the second picture's hilarious. (laughs) The bite. They're definitely out of order. The first one definitely looks like, I mean, the the kitten is going for the jugular on this dog's (laughs) neck and then the other picture, they are just love. Oh. Oh, it's adorable. It warms my heart. Paul, thank you for the compliment. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Welcome back to the beans. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, it's Stephanie Miller. That's right. You were doing Thursdays. I love her cocktail party hours and stuff. We yeah. had such a we had such a good time at her impeachment party. Um, and her house is amazing, and her dogs are wonderful. And I just I love going up there. I miss it. I was out of town that day. I think I, I would have met you sooner had I been there. Oh yeah, yeah. I got to meet some of my fucking heroes. Judy Tenuta yep. is like a hero of mine. She's outrageous outrageous and lily tomlin and her and jane are just absolutely just incredibly wonderful people everyone's so kind yeah um met a few people from picard you know just it was just so much fun um and just a a wonderful group of people so that's glad you were part of that show i loved it ah next up let's see what we got anonymous pronouns she and her hi I have never in my 36 years written a single word to any show that I listen to, but it's a new year and I can't fucking sleep. So <laughs> I guess here it is. I have a confession. <laughs> when Trump was elected, I had a sudden moment of total shock and realization that I've been completely checked out from what's happening in the world. I was relying on everyone else to take care of the world for me. So here it is. I have never voted until this recent election. And it felt fucking fantastic to put in my vote. And we won. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I got my priorities in order. Voting does matter, even though I've been brainwashed my whole life by people telling me it didn't. I'm so grateful for your podcasts like yours, uh, for podcasts like yours. Thank you for keeping me updated and educated. Uh, I'm a better listener than I am a reader, so this really helps. Please, uh, plus, excuse me, plus I have a huge lady boner for your voice, AG. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not today with the the frog in my throat, which I apologize for, everyone. She says, anyway, Happy New Year. And uh, thank you for your service. I'm including a photo of my kitty, who is the grumpiest cat I've ever known. Actually, he's very happy, but he looks perpetually miserable. Uh, So he makes me happy. I do really (laughs) like that face. He does have a resting dick face. Look at him. Oh, my God. What a sweet picture. Mm. The two of them. Oh. Oh, she makes me want to put my nose ring back in. Yeah, it looks good. Those are sweet. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Mm. I love when people write in for the first time. I love when people vote for the first time. My yes. goodness. All right. We've, th- we've got more good news. More good news. Um, this is from Seth, pronouns he and him. Hello. First off, I wanted to thank everyone at the Daily Beans for helping me hold on to what little sanity I have left. I'm a male bisexual atheist Democrat with a boyfriend in rural Georgia. This year, I'm happy to feel like my vote has counted. Voted early, by the way. On the other hand, I have to contend with massless hordes. Basically, I need all the mental support I can get and appreciate yours immensely. Now the news. Last year, I ended up on a low note for me since my boyfriend's, whom I live with, dog died. It was devastating for both of us, but most um, him especially. Major, the dog was incredibly loyal and loving German Shepherd. The good news, early this year, a friend of the family advertised German Shepherd puppies on Facebook. We were lucky enough to pick up Major the Second. He is growing into a very sweet boy, uh, though we have to work with him in his gentleness still. He argues with us when we scold him for claws and teeth. He has a huge personality and we love him dearly. He's made this year much better. As a pet tax, I'm obviously attaching pictures of him throughout the year. Thanks again for what you're doing. Thanks again for doing what you do and a happy new year and Major the second is adorable oh the ear one's up one's down that happens a lot with german shepherds um they they start i mean they don't end up that way just when they're growing up like one ear will kind of bend over and the other one will be stuck and straight up and then eventually that other ear will stand up and they'll have the both of their ears standing up oh my god the <gasps> picture of upside down where the tongue's just hanging out of his mouth <gasps> is the cutest damn thing this is a very happy looking dog very happy oh what a sweetheart Thank you so much for sending those. Thank yes. you, Seth. 
And thank you for voting in Georgia. I know that Osaf and Warnock got two more votes thanks to you also. Fantastic. Mm. Well, at least mm-hmm. one, because that's where your Bradley boyfriend's at. But God, wouldn't it be amazing if they both won? I mean, I really am hoping. I really, really am hoping. Mm-hmm. I would be I would be surprised and extremely happy. Um, and, you know, we got to hand it to Fair Fight and Stacey Abrams and everybody out there working to get the vote out. I mean, just the amount of people that she's registered is, you know, 10 times the margin that Biden won by, you know? Yeah, it's, it's incredible. She is incredible. This has been a 10-year coalition down in Georgia, and we're seeing the fruit of their labor starting to come to fruition now. And honestly, we need we need this done in every state that has voter suppression. 100%. Yep. And if you want to give to Fair Fight, they, they accept donations too. Uh, and, you know, maybe kick a couple dollars over to Asaf and Warnock as well. So. For sure. That is the good news. And so, again, you can send yours in at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Do you have anything uh, you want to end on today? No, just I get to say Happy New Year to everyone. So let's make this a good one. I know we got 16 long days left when you're listening to this, but we'll get through it. And then we're going to have a a nice breath of exhalation on January 20th when Biden is inaugurated. Mm -hmm. And despite Snoop Dogg's sword-swallowing friend, 2021 is infinitely better already. (laughs) All right, everybody, please, until tomorrow, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn, and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>